Welcome to the Innovate Engage podcast brought to you by NEIC Instructional Technology Department. The show where you can hear the innovative and engaging things your colleagues are doing in their classrooms. And now, here are your hosts, Lauren and Gabriel. Welcome to episode 10 of the Innovate Engage podcast. My name is Gabriel Carrillo. And I am Lauren Snyder. And just a quick recap, our NEISD instructional technology mission is to empower educators to innovate instruction so students have the skills to thrive in society. And our vision is students will find value and meaning in the work they are doing. It's been a really long time since we've actually had a conversation with an instructional technology specialist and one of their teachers. Our last interview style podcast dropped on May 5th of 2020, which is a really long time ago. We dropped two episodes that day, one for elementary and one specifically for secondary. Today, we are excited to bring you our first teacher ITS collaboration episode of 2021. ITS Maria and teacher Pamela bring some great insight into how to engage students by bringing poetry to life. Woo! Man, I'm excited. And a big shout out to those of you NEISD teachers who applied to be a part of our very first Inspiring Innovators cohort. Those teachers who are chosen for this will be notified soon and kickoff for this begins January 26th. We'll be hearing from Mr. Carl Hooker himself on the 26th. I actually remember waiting in a huge line at ISTE just to get into one of his sessions to hear his inspiring words. And now he's coming to us. That's so cool. And he's not the only one. There are lots of all-star speakers and trainers booked. We're excited. Um, We want to remind you that most podcast apps like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, etc. allow you to adjust the playback speed when you listen to a podcast. So for example, when I listen to podcasts, I use Apple Podcast on my phone. And I usually adjust the speed to um, two times. This way I get through the episode twice as fast and I am blessed with the gift of time. So if you didn't know that, go ahead and pause this right now. Go into the app that you're listening to the podcast on and adjust your playback speed uh, to one that you feel really comfortable with. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is our conversation with Pamela and Maria. Hi, I'm Pam Stevenson. I'm a fourth grade teacher at Thousand Oaks Elementary. I graduated from Texas A&M way back in 1987. I taught for five years and stayed home for 23. And in the meantime, I substituted for about 12 years. And so at age 50, an opening came up at Thousand Oaks for fourth grade. So I took that and returned to teaching at age 50. This is my sixth year back. My name is Maria Garcia Rios, and I have the pleasure of working with Pamela Stevenson. I'm a proud elementary teacher of 11 years, and I love learning, growing, and planning with my teacher fam to create engaging lessons for students. Okay, guys, so tell us about this collaboration. What did you guys do together? Okay, so the project that I asked for help um, from Maria with was doing a little bit of a Do Ink project where my students were recording a poem. And so we really wanted a green background and the opportunity to have some tech help um, working with our students. So I asked for Maria for a little do ink with our green screen background help. Awesome. 
Um, so what specifically was the purpose of the activity and the lesson? What was the learning goal and the objective? And this kind of went along with our teak for theater arts. Uh, we were in the process of studying poetry and Ken Nesbitt last year was supposed to visit our campus. And so we had started a project getting ready to kind of show him what we were doing. And we had one of his poems called Santa, Did You Get My Tweet? And we were going to have the students around the holidays uh, recite his poem and do it with a Santa in the background with a computer laptop because it kind of talked about technology. And so we went ahead and did it. Um, and then, of course, we were stopped into our tracks of teaching uh, at school. So we really didn't get to have our author visit. So I said, we're doing it again this year and we're going to speed up our process because we, the teachers did it alone and it took us quite a bit of time. So we had um, planned on doing it again this year and doing the same Santa, did you get my tweet with the green screen background? And Maria stepped up because she helped us the previous spring with another project. So Maria came in and um, helped us with this project and recording the students. And it was a lot more <laughs> help <laughs> that we needed. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Maria, what was your, like when you were approached, what were some of the thoughts that went through your head? Tell us your thought process and what you did and what you, how you helped and basically got the collaboration between you and Pamela going. So Pamela and the fourth grade team at Thousand Oaks are amazing rock stars. They're always dreaming of exciting and innovative ways to get students proving their work. And so the magic with Pamela's lesson is that she took the poetry off the page. It wasn't just reading about poetry. It wasn't just monotonous lessons about poetry. It was empowering the students to really make the poem come to life. And so at the end of our work together, we had about eight students on the fourth grade team who became the green screen pros. They started recording each other. They took on the project. And so what's great about that is if I wasn't there, the students knew how to run the show as well. They were really the masters behind the work. And so it was definitely nice to see them take poetry off the page and really show what it's all about. That sounds like a lot of fun. I didn't even know that Santa had a Twitter. So I, you learn something new every day. What was it like working together as a teacher ITS team on this project? Well, I just love Maria and her support that we get uh, at our campus because she is also willing and able to help in every uh, form and fashion if we ask. Uh, she's looking for that innovative um you know, idea that she can explore and, and assist us with. And sometimes she comes to us with uh, a challenge. And so, you know, we're pretty open-minded to accept a challenge or something that she might want to see us do. So we're looking, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, even more projects after this, but um, it's been great to have her support because like you said, she um, is there for us and, um, we look forward to these projects where we can empower the students. And so she's able to take the time where we don't necessarily have our classroom time to empower students. And so she really gives them the tools they need to carry out uh, the project and assist our other students. So our little peer leadership has been awesome with her. You mentioned the 
Doink and the iPads, obviously. And if there's any listener out there who doesn't know what Doink is, it's basically a green screen app that's on iPads. Because I know that we do have some secondary teachers who listen to the podcast who might not know. But um, are there any other tools that you guys used? Not for this. It was primarily the iPad and the Doink app. Which is great because this is what we have at our you know, disposal. I mean, we're just right here to be able to use it quick and do different projects. It doesn't involve a lot of materials and, and supplies uh, that are necessary for the kids unless they're doing something that they need props for. So it's pretty simple. That's awesome. I love the simplicity of that, that it was literally just one device, one app. It's very straightforward, but it still was enough to transform that lesson and really make it into something um, that the kids could have ownership of. I feel like I heard you say something to the effect of um, peer responsibility. I can't remember specifically the way you phrased it, but would you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay, so you know, being a leader in me school, we want to empower the kids to take ownership of their learning, and you know, it gave them an opportunity to, hey, when are we going to do this again? Because now we know how to do it. Can we do this again? And so having that excitement with our students gives us the, hey, you know what? You guys come to us with some ideas. You take ownership of your learning. What do you envision us doing with this doing gap now that you, you know, touched your toes into the water and experienced it? Amen. Pamela, get it, girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love it so much. Don't apologize. Yeah, that's that's pretty neat. Now, the one of the things that's kind of going through my mind as I'm listening to this and not only listening to it, but kind of picturing it and putting myself in that scenario is I'm not sure if everyone out there knows, but we're under a global pandemic. <gasps> now, with that being said, when I think of something like this, there's a part of me that's like, this is going to take a lot of time. This is going to take because of the social distancing, because of the precautions that we have to take. How did that come together in this environment? That is an amazing question. And why thank you. You're welcome. And at Thousand Oaks, it truly is, we're a school family. And as an ITS, um, you all can attest this to, we have lots of campuses. And so we really rely on, on the fam, educator fam on each school. And I think what's great about Thousand Oaks is that we all work together. And even during the situation with the social distancing and having to take into account with the masks and keeping, we couldn't go to our typical spot where we were recording. So we went to, you know, Pamela reached out to someone from the campus and said, can we, can we use your room to create small groups? And everyone shuffled, they moved things around and in true educator family, um, true educator family fashion, everyone was flexible and everyone was able to do what they needed just to get kids to do what was best for kids. I had a very random thought, just a wonderment. Um, Doing the green screen activity, did any kids wear a green mask? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Sorry. I clapped. Yes, they did. And the craziest thing happened. I'm so glad you asked that question. So as the kids were recording and they were editing again, they were the rock stars running the show. One kid said, Miss Garcia Rios, something's happening with her mouth. And as we looked in, it was like this crazy, um, it was like 
<laughs> a vision into the future. Like we lost her. We lost piece of her face because the green mask completely just like lost in with the green screen. And so she looked like it was like taking it. It was crazy. So, yes, that was something we, we tried to tell kids ahead of time. Please do not wear a green sweater don't wear green things that will make you disappear and so that that was definitely a hurdle i would have never i would have never imagined asking that question lauren i'm so glad you did though well you can imagine it was christmas and one of the days was our grinch day and so a lot of them were wearing grinch clothes so those that weren't, we had to re- reschedule them for that day. And the others that were wearing the Grinch clothes came another day. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So this all took place with one iPad, right? Because you're, or two iPads. So you, you it, this is not a scenario in which every kid had an iPad disposable to them and they did this on their own. No, this was almost like a station, if you want to call it that, right? Correct. A lot of organization that Pamela nailed. She had, there was a lot of prep work that she had to do ahead of time as well to make this successful. So she created a poster for the children to read so that they could practice that fluency and build the expression of the poetry to help make it come to life. But it also took the prep work of making sure that there were certain kids going at certain times. And again, having the students really become owners of their, of this creation. If there were times where we could not do the recording. The children knew how to do it by themselves. They ran with it. I feel like you guys came across, I mean, we just talked about several challenges that you had, you know, in doing this lesson, but you both are smiling and laughing and, you know, regarded as a highly successful lesson. And I think that's so important because, you know, it, it can, especially when everything already feels harder than normal during the pandemic, you know, it can, it, it can be easy to feel discouraged more quickly than we might in a normal situation. And I love that you guys still saw the humor in that, but also saw the really neat thing in that, which is the students could do it for themselves. They became self-sufficient and that's really cool. Yeah. That, that speaks for itself. That is, I mean, the, the one word that you, I believe Maria, you mentioned this was ownership when they take ownership of the, whether it's a project, whether it's a PBL at the secondary or primary level, it doesn't matter ownership. That's when, you know, you have them. And that's when that's the buy-in right there when they have ownership. So we know that your students took ownership and really um, just dove, dove right in, right? How else did they respond to this lesson? What other things did you see or hear from them? Okay. So normal, when we, normally when we start looking at poetry, we dissect it. We're looking for vocabulary and imagery and we're reading a poem and you've got your little uh, uh, structure that you're filling out the little chart and you read it and it's like, okay, that's it. So poetry is just like, okay, another poem. Well, Ken Nesbitt is very humorous. He came up with a bunch of poems, even over the pandemic. And we read them and they giggle and they laugh. And, you know, Shel Silverstein was, you know, the prelude to a lot of this. But Ken Nesbitt is the modern day poet that's making us laugh and responding to us. And so I saw the kids reacting where 
they wanted to get ready for this poem. So they're practicing with their friends. They're doing it at recess and they're taking their little sheet out with them to practice. And they're doing the motions because I kind of modeled for them. If you go up and you just stand and you just, I'm going to read this very monotonous, uh, it's not going to come across as a great performance. And this is something we're recording and we want to give some movement and some hand movements. And they're like, oh, really? Okay, well, we can do this. And so you could see the kids' excitement getting, is it my turn yet? Do we get to do this? And so now when they see the next Ken Nesbitt poem, uh, when we do our little focus poetry for the week, they're like, what is this one going to be about? And so they get all excited. Um, it could be the armpit of doom, which is talking about his brother's room, how awful it was and how stinky. And so the kids just giggle and laugh. And so it gets them, you know, excited about learning. And so you can see that kind of carrying over. And then of course, then once they couldn't wait to show their parents. So once it was approved in Seesaw, we posted them all in Seesaw. The kids just said, oh, my mom thought that was so funny that we were doing it. And so even then we extend to the parents' excitement. So the kids took the excitement home to the parents. The parents relayed to me uh, and the other fourth grade team of just how exciting, you know, we could take, like Maria said, we could take it off the page for them. I love that. I love everything you said. So there's one thing that I, I, I have to bring up. Pamela, as you were talking about the process, what I love about this is that it is not tool driven. I think the goal was not Correct me if I'm wrong, but the goal was not, I want to use doink. I'm sorry. I can never pronounce it as doink. To me, it's, it, to me, the app will always be called doink because um, that's how I first read it and that's how it stuck. But the goal was not to use that app, correct? The goal was dissecting poetry and taking a right. look at the parts of poetry. That is a thing of beauty right there. I, I, I just... I tip my hat to you guys for the collaboration, focusing on the objective, the learning target, the goals, rather than the app. So that's awesome. Now, one quick question, knowing what you know now, is there anything that you would change? Maybe, I mean, we don't know what this next school year is going to bring. We don't know if we're going to be virtual. We don't know if we're going to be hybrid. We don't know what's going to happen. But what would you do differently given next year's scenario, which we don't know? Uh, Okay, so this project... uh was, you know, supposed to be around the holidays. I would definitely not do it the week before the break. Um, We just need to give ourselves a little bit more time, but we really wanted Maria's help and we uh, were flexible to her schedule. So we use that time to prep beforehand. So definitely a little bit more time. Um, We're not finished with a lot of our projects yet with uh, doing and Maria because we record our wax museum reports with our students where our fourth graders do research with, and I know I'm probably going into the next question, but our future is, is every spring we do a recording of our wax museum research. And so our students dress up with a person of Texas history that they have researched for a couple of weeks on and they record themselves. And we put a little nice little Texas background behind them and they give a little speech about who they are. And so they're acting as if they are that person. My name is Jane Long. I am the mother of Texas. And so they're acting out once again, some research and taking again off the page of what they research. So that's our next project. But to be honest, I wouldn't change anything. We acted like this besides the mask was 
our normal everyday school day. We wore a mask, but we're still going to do the fun things. We're still not going to take out just because we're watching our distancing. This had nothing to do with being distancing. It was actually a smaller room uh, with fewer people. And so we were still able to do that project and make some normalcy for them. I love you, Pamela. So other than the fact that you love each other, what was your biggest takeaway from working together as a team? I think the dreaming sessions when you're working with with just another person, it's just a dreaming session of how are we going to take this one skill? How are we going to make it come to life? How are we going to innovate? Gelling with someone else, it, you just get so many more ideas that are amazing. You learn and you grow and you take risks together. And when it bombs, you try again and you just keep on learning. You take the feedback from each other. You take the feedback from students and you just continue to make it better each each time well the well, the collaboration part of it is like you know maria i have this idea and she's like i'm listening it's like i'm really thinking about this and then she takes it to another level and then i could take it to another level and then we just kind of like oh this would be so great so the collaboration part is like golden because this is where we can really take an idea and really make it happen for our students. So without her collaboration, I mean, it would be, it would be really difficult to get to that next level. Now you, you both mentioned a couple of uh, hot terms uh, that really stuck out with me. Maria, you didn't call it a planning session. You called it a dream session. I raised an eyebrow at first, but why, why do you call it that versus planning? Because I think sometimes in education, we can focus on what doesn't work. We can focus on the roadblocks. And when you get someone, when you get people who are willing to take risks, again, shout out to the fourth grade team at Thousand Oaks, they don't settle. They don't want to, they don't want to take something and repeat it and always just say, that's what we've always done. If they look at a lesson and they say, how are we going to make this better? Using the leader in me curriculum, they're always looking to see how can everything integrate together? How are we creating student leaders on campus? So when you get like-minded people who are ready to take risks and ready to try things and ready to do what's best for kids, it turns into a dreaming session because it's no longer this doesn't work. It's how are we going to make this work? How are we going to work together? We can do this. So in my mind, it's, it is a dreaming session. I think I'm going to start using that term from now on. I, mean, I don't know how you feel, Lauren, but that, that sounds dreamy. Super dreamy. <laughs> well, and I, I also was thinking another way to think about it is, you know, you guys are dreaming about what is possible. You're dreaming about what you could do. And then you could, I mean, you know, you come up with your idea, you dream it up and then you go, okay, how do we actually make this work? How do we put this into play? And so I think that's a great terminology. Now, if listeners wanted to kind of learn more, maybe see the product or uh, something like that, where can they go or where can we point our listeners to get a little bit more information on this particular project? head them or send them over to Pamela's Twitter account. She shared the awesome experience and we even got a wink wink from Ken Nesbitt. He saw it. And so you can see the 
the finished product on Twitter. Awesome. And do ink, do ink picked it up too. For those of you listening and want that information and want to connect with Pamela, uh, check out the show notes. We have all that information in there with links. That way you can check out, you can connect with Pamela, obviously, and check out her tweets and check out this project. I'm excited. I'm pumped up, Lauren. How about you? How do you feel? I feel really great. I really want to see some of these videos. I want to go buy a green mask. That's what I want to do. Well, I'm thinking that if they really want to do, I mean, the do ink training that I did was through NEISD. Uh, our fourth grade team all did a Hansel and Gretel video green screen. And we're like, what is this app? And so it just really led us to how are we going to use this? Um, I started a do ink after school club and we did a couple of poem readings and actions and theater arts. And then of course we really didn't get to do much, you know, that spring, but that's how it kind of got started. NEISD gave us the tools. Our librarian has the apps on the li library iPads. And we try to encourage as much green screen use as possible on campus. What advice would you guys give to a teacher who wants to collaborate with their ITS but hasn't done it yet? I think it all starts with an email, an eye connection in the hallway. No. <laughs> um, I, I say just reach out. I think the more we work together, everybody wins. And most importantly, the students benefit. It's always, it's always about the students. That's why we became educators. So work together, collaborate together, send a message because as a department, ITSs, we're always ready to collaborate. Yeah. And Pamela, would you agree that this also kind of helped take a little bit off of your plate when you're collaborating with somebody, especially with somebody like Maria? Absolutely. Without her help, we couldn't get our students to have that training enough time in our schedules. And so we really rely on Maria to um, help guide our students and totally trust her. I mean, we just like, here, this is what we would like to do. And she's like, okay, got it. So it really takes a lot off our plate. And uh, you think it's a lot of work and it is really very simple and very easy and very doable. And more importantly, the outcome is beyond belief, right? When you have parent feedback and student feedback saying, when are we going to do this again? That right there is your, there, there's your bonus right there. Oh man, what a great conversation to kick off 2021. Right? Maria and Pamela were so fun to talk to and their enthusiasm for their lesson and their students was really evident to me. But I think the biggest takeaway from our conversation for me was student agency. The students took control of their learning. They facilitated the activity themselves. They were really independent. And I think that's a great way to allow students to learn and experience responsibility. I agree with you, Lauren. Um, one huge takeaway for me was the mutual respect and affection between both of them. You could really hear it in the conversation. I'd love to see this more often. And remember folks, it's definitely possible to have that relationship amongst teacher and ITS. I agree. Well, that's it for today, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you get notified whenever our new episodes are published. And please stay safe, stay healthy, and do not forget to take care of yourself. Bye. Bye.